Hello and welcome. This is Jeremy and Kristen Cooper with the Homegrown Family Podcast, practical resources for resilient families. And today we're going to be talking about building a resilient marriage. And when I think of the word resilient, I think of the ability to bounce back and recover from uh, some kind of stressor. And whether that's some type of material and it is able to regain its shape after being under stress or a marriage that goes through all kinds of stressors throughout life. Is the marriage that we have a resilient one whereby it can recover quickly from those stressors? So Kristen, why don't you talk a little bit about our family? Well, Jeremy and I have been married for almost 23 years and we have five kids. Our oldest is a boy, 18, who's graduating high school here. And our um, daughter is 16. She's a sophomore. We have a son who's 14, who is in eighth grade, a 10-year-old daughter in fourth grade, and a six-year-old son in first grade. So as we think about building a resilient marriage upon which a resilient family can be built, what are some of the challenges that we might face? Marriage, I think, is the most important relationship in the family Um, If we have a strong marriage, we have a strong family. So we're going to share a few practical ideas that you could implement for a strong marriage because that's the foundation of your family. So what are the top three challenges to a resilient marriage? Well, I think the first challenge to a resilient marriage is time. And we all deal with time stressors no matter what we have going in life. Either both spouses are working full time and trying to manage the commitments of home and kids or... In our situation, I stay home, but I'm homeschooling five kids, and we've got kids of all different ages and different activities, and Jeremy and I are involved in some of our own things and volunteering and coaching for the kids, and so just trying to connect when there's not a lot of time left in the day is hard. The second challenge I think we face is money. And that's a hard one, I think, for spouses to connect on because I used to joke when we were first married and had no money, hey, we have nothing to argue about as far as money because there's no extra money to argue about where it's going to go. We had just enough money to pay the bills. But the problem is when you're struggling with money or don't have enough money, that's really causes a lot of stress in the marriage on what should be the priority and where the money should go. And then thirdly, kids. And we love we love our kids, but... Uh, In our situation, we have large age gap between the youngest and the oldest. We're in a situation now where we have kids. I have kids that get up before me. I have kids that come home after I'm in bed. I have kids that are home all day. I have kids that are eavesdropping in the car. They're around all the time. So it is really hard for Jeremy and I to connect alone because it seems like they are always around and it's very tricky. So what I think I hear you saying is that these are some serious stressors to our marriage and that we've had to be intentional about implementing some solutions. So what are some of the things we've done to address the time issue? Well, one thing that we have really been consistent on even since Levi, our oldest, was born was doing date nights and getaways. So for a while, we were doing date nights once a week. I don't remember if it was once a week or once every other week. And we had a family who also had young kids the same age as ours that we would trade date nights with once a month. So the first Tuesday of the month, we would drop our kids off there and we would go out. And the third Tuesday of the month, they would drop our kids off to us and they would go out. That worked really well for saving money. And our kids really loved playing with their kids. So that worked out great. 
as the kids got a little bit older, we started paying a babysitter to take care of the kids and going out as much as we could. And then uh, when the kids were, the older ones became teenagers, it put us in a position where we could leave our kids home alone. And that was magical because it gave us a lot more free time to go out on date nights and not have to plan it so far in advance. There are definitely downsides to the teenagers, though, so that's not all roses, but that is one um, really positive thing about having teenagers. Another thing that we've done since the kids were babies was we always went away for our anniversary, so even when Levi was just a couple months old, we left him overnight at the grandparents just for 24 hours. That was really hard for me as a mom, but really important for putting our marriage first and I think showing Jeremy that I cared more about him and making our marriage a priority and we've done that every year since and now as the kids have gotten a little bit older we go for more than one night and try to go away for like three days and we find those to be absolutely magical because like I said earlier I have we have kids who are up before us go to bed after us they're home all day they're in the car they're around all the time so it's really hard for Jeremy and I to connect without the kids listening or eavesdropping or just even to be able to finish a coherent thought and have a conversation on things we need to talk about. Because when you only have two or three minutes to talk, you don't get a lot accomplished. Whereas when we go on these getaways, we spend hours talking about the same topic and are really able to um, connect and finish out thoughts and complete things that we've been trying to talk about. Yeah, I know. I There's been a few years, I think, over the life of the kids where we didn't or we delayed going on a trip and staying connected that way and I think that both of us felt that we missed having that time together to talk about the kids and to talk about our family and and where things are going so yeah time is a significant challenge money is often one of the top areas of contention within a marriage let's talk about some of the things we've done to address the money issue in our marriage over time? Well, I think communication is the biggest aspect of money and being on the same page. So on our yearly getaway, we often do what we call an annual review of life where we will talk about our budget and a number of other things that are maybe going on with the kids. But in particular, we go over our budget and I think you have to be honest with yourself because if you aren't looking at a budget and how much you actually spend, you can't fix anything. We go through our credit card and our bank account and write down everything that we spend money on so we have an accurate picture of what we're dealing with. And then we talk over how do we need to cut to save money and or what do we need to do on the side to make money, depending where we're at. And our finances have never been your typical family where they just go up a little bit each year. We've been all over the place because of the nature of Jeremy's work and me staying home. And over the years, I've done things on the side depending on what's going on with Jeremy's work. So uh, we will probably do a whole nother episode on side hustles and making extra money on the sides. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about that today. But the core issue with money is the communication and being on the same page. And the first place to start is writing out your budget and being honest with yourselves about everything you're spending money on. 
And by having that accurate truth picture, then you're able to figure out, do we need to cut in some places? Are we okay? Do we need to make some extra money on the side? And what does that mean? And which one of us is going to do the cutting and the side hustles? You know, finding the motivation to do the exercise of budgeting and really looking through all your finances uh, could be a struggle for some of us. I know it is for me. Uh, Kristen's got the personality to sort of enjoy that process and like seeing things written down. But a lot of the things we're talking about today require us to be very intentional. If we want to build resilient marriages, we have to be very intentional about what we're doing. And sometimes that means doing things that don't come naturally to us or are a struggle for us. And there's no time like now to start. So even if you've got a bunch of older kids, right now is still the best time to start doing this because you're still laying a foundation for your family's future. On the topic of kids, let's talk about some of the ways we've addressed the challenges that they've posed in our lives. Well, one thing I always write on baby shower cards as advice to new parents is be very intentional with your marriage. And I know that's kind of a funny thing, and I'm sure like people roll their eyes, but I find that moms sometimes become so over-obsessed with the baby that dads feel left out. And I think it's very, very important that we are making our marriage number one priority in our life. So one thing on a daily basis that we have tried to implement over the years. It's kind of (laughs) ebbed and flowed depending on the season of life we're in, but um, intentional time each day. So Jeremy comes home from work and we try to spend 10 or 15 minutes talking about our day. And I think this is really important for moms who don't work outside the home because they're taking care of kids, especially if you have little kids. Moms are home all day taking care of these babies and doing laundry and all these unimportant jobs that nobody's really that impressed with and they have no adults to talk to. And so I think this at the end of the day, dad coming home and spending 10 minutes to show your wife that she's important to you and that you care about who she is as a person and wives, same Um, showing your husband that you care about him, you care about his day, you appreciate that he's working for your family, and just spending that 10 minutes at the end of the day or as soon as he gets home from work to just connect. And you can train your kids that they are not to be interrupting during those 10 or 15 minutes that you've set aside. So whatever that means, if you're, you know, sitting in the living room or mom's making dinner and dad's sitting at the counter talking to her the kids are trained this is not a time that you come and say mom and maybe the first week you know you're you're spending time training your kids you're not really getting much talking done but you're spending that whole time disciplining the kids every time they interrupt you so that they can be trained for future that you have that 10 or 15 minutes of uninterrupted time well beyond the core things we've talked about time money and kids What are some other things that we can be intentional about as we look to build resilient marriages? I think making each other a priority. So what are some ways that husbands, you can show love to your wife, or wives, you can show love to your husbands? What are the things for your particular spouse that they feel loved by? So I know for me, Jeremy will, he gets up in the morning a lot earlier than me, and he will get up in the morning, and every morning he sweeps the kitchen for me, and he loads the dishwasher if it needs loaded. So when I get up in the morning, that I'm starting my day, I'm starting my day with a clean slate. He doesn't have to do that. It's just something really nice that he does for me. And it doesn't have to be that particular thing that you're maybe doing for your wife or your husband. 
but what are the things that they really appreciate? I know some wives really like when their husbands bring home flowers. I don't love flowers, but I do love the thought when Jeremy does it because it shows that he stopped, made a special trip to stop somewhere just to know he was thinking of me, especially when I've had a hard day. Wives, you can sit down beside him and just watch part of the game on TV. Husbands like that shoulder-to-shoulder contact. So just the little things that your husband or wife would appreciate that you can do to show love and show that you went out of your way to care about them, I think makes a huge difference. I think one of the important parts of that is understanding what your spouse needs to feel love to. And as a newly married couple, you may or may not have a full appreciation for the things that your husband or wife is looking for to make you feel loved. And I think over the years, we've developed a fuller understanding of each other and what things we can be doing that will be meaningful to each other. We really like Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. And I think that taught us a lot about how to love each other well. So why does this all matter? What are some of the things that we can take away from this conversation? Well, I think an important point that's sometimes really hard to keep in mind, especially when your kids are young, is that kids are only here for a short while. The days are long, but the years are short. And once the kids are out of the house, I really hope that Jeremy and I can still connect and still have fun together and still have a good marriage, even though... Uh, We've spent many, many years raising kids. And I think your kids feel more secure when they see mom and dad enjoying each other. And we're setting up a foundation for them. So we, we are an example to our kids on what marriage should look like. And so I want to be very intentional with what we're doing with our marriage as an example to our kids. And so that uh, we can enjoy each other into our retirement years. Well, as we think about building a resilient family, And the fact that that's built on a resilient marriage, I think you hit the nail on the head that we as parents are laying the foundation for our kids. They're observing our marriages and we'll leave the house having some ideas of what they don't want their marriages to be like, but also what they do want their marriages to be like. And that's on us as parents to set that example for those kids. Because when we think about resilient families, it's really something we should think about multi-generational families, not just our family and our kids, but the generations to follow. So our grandkids and our great-grandkids. That's on us as parents right now to lay that foundation. And with that, I think we'll wrap this up. Thanks for listening to the Homegrown Family Podcast. For more resources, check us out online at thehomegrownfamily.org.